Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. Okay, do you want to look at the other space? Or? No, this is fine. This is fine. Okay. Trust me, I've dealt with I've dealt with all kinds of stuff. Echo like this it won't have much of an echo one, and I can get rid of it. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll all work out. I do a lot of uh, I told you I, I edited pretty heavily. Yeah. I, I say that, but I've I gotten to where I'm a little less heavy-handed with it than what I used to be. <laughs> okay. Because I really I used to cut out every time somebody would say uh or you know. Yeah. Especially if they did it excessively. I'd cut it out because I was like, for one, you know, it, some people get embarrassed when they go back and listen to themselves and say, oh, man, I say, you know a lot. But two, I was like, well, for every, like, uh, or you know I cut out, that's like another half second I can use for something else. Yeah. Can get more yeah. actual content in. Okay. But I've gotten a little less picky about that as time went on just because it's very tedious. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to make it seamless. I mean, sometimes yeah. it just messes it up. So, I mean, I, I leave it in sometimes. But I've just gotten less picky about it over time just because of that. And... and I've learned that with doing a bunch of different stuff, like the podcast takes a lot of my time when I'm doing it. That's yeah. one reason why uh, I haven't done it in a while. You know, I was doing it earlier this year. I started it a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I was doing it earlier this year, and then I brought a kitten home, or a cat home from work that was getting ready to have kittens. Okay. Um, she was alley cat. We realized she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I brought her home, and so I had kittens this summer to deal with. Nice. So I kind of put the podcast on hold for a little while, plan on picking it back up in like October. Um, even put a message out there, hey, I'm thinking I'm getting ready to start it back up. I just got to get a few things in mind, figure out how to fit it back in, because the, the booth now really eats up a lot of my time. Yeah, I can imagine. Trying to figure out how to balance all that out. But, um, it's just been hard to get it up and rolling again. Like I told you, recently. No, trust me, I've definitely, I mean, I've dabbled in all sorts of projects, including podcasting, and mine just never got picked up again. But, <laughs> but you know, free up my nights again, free up my weekends a little bit more. I mean, but still, like, with what I do with the booth, it's like, a, it's like constantly a hunt. I'm always looking for stuff. Like I told you, I stopped at a couple of stores on the way here. Okay. Uh, found some books, found some, found some cool stuff that, you know, I can make a couple of bucks on. And, uh, it's just I'm trying to not have to work a real job, <laughs> and and I love going out looking for stuff. So that's why, like a lot of Saturdays and Sundays, are eating up by going to flea markets or yard sales or thrift stores or wherever I go, meeting people that I've I've contacted online because yeah. they want to sell stuff. So I'll, I'll I'll figure it all out, but but there's a lot more I want to do with the podcast that's so not done and over with. <laughs> And, and, and just so you know, I'm already recording, and that's why I'm kind of. I, I saw that kind of. That's why I'm using this opportunity to go ahead and sort of put that out there, so yeah. people know where I'm at, what what the intentions are. But I, I really, there's a lot more stories to tell. There, there are, especially if I start branching into having guys like you on, guys and girls like you that do different things, you know, within the 
community as artists or as, you know, maybe venue owners or, you know, somebody that just book shows or I'm thinking about having a couple of my record collecting buddies on so we can just talk about that. So there's a lot I want to do with the podcast. So it's definitely not over with as, as much as some people might think. I ah, probably never coming back. One second. I mean, I certainly. I gotta keep it. Let me, let me, before we keep it, let me switch the cable out on this. Yeah. I can tell it cut on that for a second. No problem. And I, I knew I had a, a bad one. And you picked the, you drew the lottery ticket. <laughs> Stop recording for a second, but that's okay. I'll just, I'll record again. But I'll have to figure out how to slice that back together. Or sometimes I, I, I'll leave my. Yeah. Technical difficulties in the podcast. You can, yeah. I mean, as far as the aesthetic feels coherent, I'm sure that. Yeah, it's it's work. like the DIY, the punk rock aesthetic. Like yeah. anything can go wrong. Gotta love it. Somehow we kind of make it through. So that's that's where where a lot of my, like I said, with that microphone not picking up. Oh well, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll do the best is. I can with it. You'll be able to hear it, but you know. For sure, for sure. Love that. Love the punk music. Love the punk music scene. Um, you know, and. I guess you're just saying that my mind kind of goes to like Richard Hell because I'm a big fan of the Void. Of oh yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned as well as um, Peter Parrot, a little bit more post punk, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of the only ones. So they had like another Grand Other Planet. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to me, there were like a whole bands where everyone was kind of great. But I feel the lyrics of them are in particular very unique in each of their respective ways. Um, just this, like, I mean, I was thinking of that man here before I was even born. It's such a gamble, like, when you get a face, uh, Thomas fell out the window for, like, Richard Ho, and, like, Peter Parrot was much less complex, but he had, like, a much more, just, like, kind of, like, play with the words and, like, really intricate kind of intonation, like, internal rhyming and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, but they read a lot of poetry and they wrote a lot of poetry as well. That's what I was just getting ready to say was I can, I, you being a poet, I can see why you're drawn towards, <laughs> yeah, towards right. artists like that. Very sure. much so. And I guess this is a good time for me to kind of introduce you. And, yes. and I'm doing something a little different this week. And um, I, I recently met, I say recently, because of the, the booth and the pop-ups I do, yes. several months ago, earlier this year, I met Ovid Harris. That's yep. your last name, correct? Yes, yes, yes. yes. At Common Market. And we've seen each other a couple times couple since times then. Yeah. And we've done the pop-ups as well. And I just got to thinking, like, I really need to have more than just musicians on the podcast. And I want to involve a lot of people, like I said a minute ago, in, in the arts in Charlotte, North Carolina, you know, in North Carolina in general. Yeah, yeah. You know, the creative pool is usually just a small portion of the city. And to further divide it, you know, like, we understand, like, you know, we want to break bread with brethren and everything. But we're all kind of in this together, yeah. in a sense. Um, and a lot of artists, including myself, have their... I guess, you know, hands in a couple of different pots here and there. And so, um, even like musically speaking, like I have, you know, I have musical training, uh, predominantly as a classical pianist. Okay. That is like, I'll say, if I could play anything else other than that, it's because that's how I started. Um, you know, and like able to strum chords on the guitar accordingly, um, hold pitch, but it's just like, like I said, like the, having a piano the person was good. But uh, that being said, um, that, greatly influences my poetry so I have a lot of references to music in my work oh yeah either being about musicians outright um, like by, through that of a violinist or like even re- referring to Maitzel M-A-E-L-Z-E-L something those lines the guy who met in the metronome you know so yeah. just like little subtle <laughs> things like that but uh, the common market though yes that's a wonderful establishment you know and mm-hmm. been going there for a while um, 
know, my first iteration with common markets, I guess, were really the one in Plaza Midwood. Yeah, so that's a nice <laughs> place to go to after hours, you know, after the club or just here and there and around in between. But then I've been living right off Sardis Road for a little bit, discovered the common market Oakwad, I've been starting vending a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got involved when they started picking it back up right after the pandemic. So yeah. I think they did their first market summer of 2021 and I was one of the vendors there. And so I've been to just stay one, you know, yeah. pretty much every single one year round. Yeah, you go to pretty much every one <laughs> every month. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. I've been trying to space them out a little bit. Actually, I've been trying to do a lot less pop ups over here lately. I'm not doing a very good yeah. job of that. <laughs> Just because my record's being in a spot already, yes, it's I have to take some away from that spot in order to take them somewhere else. Yeah, so that means anybody walking into the to the booth that day is going to be like, "Oh, where's the the records I want to look at are gone," and they're going to turn around and leave. Yeah, yeah. But you know, eventually I might have enough road inventory and booth inventory, and yeah. right here at Christmas I can't kind of can't help but maybe do a few and see if I can make some extra money. For sure, for sure. I mean, you know, the market's definitely its own game. Some people make a full-time living of it doing mm-hmm. it three or four times a week. Oh, I know those people. <laughs> those. Uh, that's just the one I've kind of stuck to more or less. And understandably so, like a lot of them, uh, like ourselves, like, you know, we're a one-man outfit. You know, I mean, you know, there's no one over my shoulder in either way but a mirror. But yeah. So, like, it kind of manages your time. And I do have a couple of my things. I just got into uh, Sardis Marketplace, uh, you know, like a consignment shop in Venice, South Charlotte and whatnot, like a little shelf there. Mm. And a few other bookstores here and there um, regarding the work. But uh, so I see my inventory, which is already small, you know, just slightly shrink. But um, alongside the markets, though, going back to my own work, though, they had an open mic night for an extended period of time. And so that it is the Carver Park Oakwa location that is my most frequented performance uh, set up as far as what poetry is concerned. So okay. I've recited more sets there than anywhere else right now. <laughs> when, when do they do their open mics? They had done them on Wednesdays from about 6 7 o'clock till, you know, when everyone was kind of wrapped up. Do they still do them or they're not doing they, they don't, okay. they don't. Uh, I think they switched over to like a bluegrass evening mm-hmm. type of stuff. And the guy who had hosted it, a great guy named Grant, he... Um, he was. He has. You know. He has the bluegrass band, uh, Crystal Fountains, and they'll play in and around. You know, some of the local haunts mm-hmm. um, in that same area on the east side. And so I think they're just uh, they should get more just to like you know keep see what uh, what response. And they built stage for Rogers Party, so I think that also invited more of a musical kind of yeah. establishment. But um, but yeah, before that, it was an open mic night where you generally had a couple of guys with guitars here and there. Uh, guy with keyboards, but I, I would go there and obviously I would do my poetry. Mm. And so I had, you know, I'd done it now and again at the evening muse or this or that. But what I liked about this one, it was a little bit more unmeasured. You know, I'm mm. someone who really enjoys the opportunity to just kind of give like a full momentary experience. Yeah. And I got a lot of really good feedback through those overall. Um, so, like, I mean, you never knew who was in the audience. Um, like, you know, like Marty Creech was like another, you know, nationally known poet was kind of here and there, mm-hmm. uh, members of the Charlotte Lit uh, organization, but also just everyday people. And, yeah. You know, that's another thing is I feel a lot of my work, it does, it, it's very accessible, you know, mm-hmm. very accessible, I think, easy to digest, easy to digest all things considered, um, as far as uh, subject conformance concerns, it, which might go against the grain of some ideas that contemporary poetry is like so out there that almost only the poet 
can understand it and like you know if you're gonna solve it it's just like oh you just don't understand like it's almost this like weird defensive thing but I think my you know it's very accessible for the most part which, yeah. yeah well let's let's step back a little bit I told you when we talked on the phone last week that I kind of like to start with sort of in your childhood how you got into like <laughs> Yeah, with my with most of my guests is music. It's like, what was your first, the first thing you really remember about music that, that kind of struck a chord with you? You can kind of use this, do the same thing, sort of. But where 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 did your interest in poetry spring from? Yeah. Or, or maybe even did you get into music first or whatever? Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no. Creatively speaking, I say that you know I kind of like approached all sorts of things as a child you know mm-hmm. a lot of times the things I always enjoyed drawing and like making a lot of comics me and my brother drew a lot of comics yeah I mean just like literally hundreds in those regards uh, I didn't do a lot of comics but I was always drawing something as a yeah, kid I, I loved yeah. to draw I wasn't the greatest artist but I loved to draw yeah yeah so we were like big comics fans going to the Heroes Convention starting in like 1998 and then through several several years after but do you, do you mind me asking how old you were? Um, you know, it's not something I really just felt too cleanly, <laughs> but uh, no, you're fair. I did grow up in the 90s, my early okay. childhood, rest of the 90s, yeah, yeah. so VHS tapes, Saturday morning cartoons, and that, and there's a whole lot to that, but, you know, I'll just try to keep it um, <laughs> a I grew up trend. in the 80s, I was kind of getting the sense that you were a little bit later, so that's just, <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to just sort of no, try to place yeah, no. the area. And I definitely don't mind throwing context for that, for that clarity, um, but... As far as like writing is concerned, I do remember like taking a, a poetry section, you know, when I was in like probably like second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just like, and I say that, you know, I'm, I'm home, I'm familiar there. I, like, yeah, I'm comfortable in Charlotte. So this was only at Smithfield uh, Elementary. And I was very fortunate because it's not, it was, uh, even looking back, it's very unique. I had an African American teacher, mm-hmm. you know, teaching literature to the second graders. So it's not something I think is common even to this day to be honest yeah um but guy named mr hood was like very encouraging and that's me you now when i first got some poetry books i enjoyed it we kind of had to learn memorize and recite some things i mean he recorded like the videos of us you know i like to kind of like play and act and things sort of that thing mm-hmm. so that's like the earliest memory i can think of about the you know off the cusp of uh an impression of like poetry coming into my life you know mm-hmm. jump forward some years um, do some other writing, you know, middle school, Jane Robinson era, era, early there. And again, I just remember like, oh, like kind of impacting poetry around then. Um, actually, sixth grade as well, we had to write like a whole little collection. So it was kind of that. So in that sense, I was just say it was something that I think I always enjoyed when the opportunity presented itself. Yeah, you know? I think I enjoyed yeah. it too when I was a kid, <laughs> just, just writing poetry. Yeah. I won, won a, an award. I think it was just for my class, basically. Yeah. But there was a magazine or not a magazine but a poetry book that got published every year through the high school and when I was in elementary school one of our teachers had us all write poems for it and she was going to give an award for the best one and it would get published and mine got published (laughs) along with the high school students poetry that's really nice I still got that I know I've got the the award somewhere my mom probably still has that book somewhere I need to take that out bring it back on definitely and you got to appreciate those because like yeah whatever you write or interpret then it's just like it's Got its own kind of like field that's just very raw that you can't repeat. You can't repeat your high school poetry, you know, yeah. in those regards. But, you know, a lot of people, and that's what I've seen, have written poetry either when they were younger or just kind of closeted to themselves right now. Some people have like secret poetry Instagrams I've come to come across. Mm-hmm. Um, and I myself, like I said, I mean, I, I think I, I would have phases where I would write 
like in the most natural way, like just like, oh, I think I might write a poem in this moment, you know. Yeah. And then like jump forward a year or two later and that moment occurs again. <laughs> but then, you know, I've enjoyed writing overall. But so there was at least one serious phase. This was pre-pandemic, a couple of years before, where I kind of like, you know, put it on myself to like generate a piece of writing on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And so um, kind of like living in that state of mind, I produce a lot of poetry, admittedly, because there's a lot of passion in writing the fiction and other things. Um, but it also was still just like, I guess all that kind of developed into its own as far as just like a form of expression that I really kind of took to in a way I didn't realize that I would and could in those regards. And so it just, and also like it had other things in my side of that in terms of just like, I guess it's like the, the beginning of some real like, you know, creative discipline towards this particular field. Mm, yeah. Um, and so like uh, I have one popular poem more or less I can like recite one or two of course accordingly throughout um, Under the Stars which comes from that era as well as In Bloom which is a couple of standard of my life since um, and those are like right around that I mean I know my brother has been married for a few years those are around that time he got married but yeah would you like to hear one or two of them or? yeah sure alright yeah I figured like so do your listeners get in context I'll try to do um, I'll do both of those just because I think they're okay. right now sounds good So here's Under the Stars. What did it mean when we held hands under the stars? Could either of us have known our paths would soon part? The brush of your hair, a primitive fur on my face, matched the rose on your cheeks and your embroidered lace that I bought for you on your birthday, the 21st when each of us had a secret thirst for the touch and tone of the other. Those were the days, now rarely spoken of, and closed in deep thoughts, 20 years later. Would either of us be able to recognize the other? I know I'm a little more weathered than I was then, but these knees, I'll assure you, are still able to bend and leap me to heights I've never thought before. But wait, there's a lamppost with your name on it. I've been here before. How could I have forgotten to know I promise I hadn't? It's just this air, these dreams, do my spirit a loving kind of mean, and I found it's best to only peek into the chest. For I've somehow got to make it to my final resting place and keep up the pace with my daughter, whom doesn't know your face. I don't know what shape or form it'll take, or if I'm even aware of it. But I wish you the best, wherever you are. And tonight, Olivia and I will go camping, her first time, under the stars. Nice. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Guess I could fall. No, no, no. Yeah, so that's one. Um, yeah, I was going to do this like one and we can dissect them or okay, whatever yeah. you want. So, again, this was, and I never, I guess I don't really chronologize my work very often. So, just. First time I'm maybe clarifying that these two are written fairly close proximity of each other. Okay. So this one is in bloom, and I did recite this one at a Boom Charlotte festival a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see. Thoughts that wander to an olive blossoming on a high summit, a deserted desert mind led to the barren by the brave digs deep into a hidden basin by way of a corporal aquifer. Underground manipulated images and sounds permeates the subterranean cesera, crushing material delights foreign to earthen beauties. 
Windshields, bites, cracks, and cakes into a delicate hazardous frost, miles below the peak. Conscious to the core, past the succulents, bitter and enlivening. Wandering across the sand, grains between thoughtful toes send validation of a heart that beats, of a soul that grows. Exposure absolute is both the token and the toll for those who wish to travel this long and dusty road. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. Nice, nice. Um, uh, so, yeah. you said you recited that recently. Yeah, yeah. I was doing a market at a brewery, uh, you know, sponsored by Brewing Festival, whom I've come to collaborate with. Yeah, yeah. Again, and they had a little spot at the end where I'm like, all right, you know, a few words here. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but on that note, uh, but yeah, I guess there were two very different poems, perhaps. Mm, so, yeah, you can yeah, kind of yeah. see, like I said, when I, when I approach. Um, writing essay I, I do it to explore you know then the form of poetry not so much like express personal depth but yeah, yeah. yeah I like that first one a lot it's like the sort of the themes that touched on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah certainly remember doing that um, yeah you know it's interesting because I was actually I was trying to write a song when I uh, when I wrote that one but for some reason ended up with this poem which is fine you know uh, as far as Poetic uh, forms concerned. Uh, I really like Leonard Cohen, you know, and he's yeah. just like the poet uh, songwriter in, the, in that context. That first one, Under the Stars, uh, like, I remember meeting someone who, who I believe was widowed at the time, and he's like, you know, that kind of made him think of like the parting of that he had with something, but then other mm-hmm. times. And so that, and that's what I mean. Like, you have context where um, people relate to it in their own, each of their own ways, but this one in particular, like, I don't. You know, I'm not. I have no offspring, <laughs> so it's not as if I have mm-hmm. a daughter that this one refers to. And I have a lot. I, I have a lot of love poems because because that's just what we gravitate towards. As yeah. I mean, you love. Um, it's like there's a lot of love songs. It's yeah, exactly. Songs. Love, love, love Frank Sinatra. Love all those people. Um, but like I myself, I, like I've never really like I personally, I've actually never even been in a relationship with anyone romantically, mm-hmm. and so like I only have had this like lifelong bachelor life. So when I write, it's from an extremely imaginative perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the subject and I like the form and everything. But in that, which is I know an extremely unique scenario, even outside of like poetic sense. But uh, but I will say like so like despite the amount of like love poems, like you know there's. I can't really say that like, I don't have a relationship to refer to in the in, in any of these whatsoever. Yeah. So it's just really just me trying to be like a storyteller at art, which I love to tell okay, stories. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of the songs that, that my band plays, the lyrics don't aren't really necessarily about true things that yeah. happen. Sometimes they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you know, most of the time it's just a story yeah. that we're telling, or, for sure, for sure. or some words we had to put to a song so it wouldn't be an instrumental. <laughs> yeah, that could that could that happens. I was going to say yeah. earlier, like as much as I say I like I enjoyed writing poetry when I was younger, yes. like as an adult I hate writing lyrics. I don't know why. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I mean, you know, you have like people like bash out and thinking about like all sorts of wicked things, but there were you know there were rare people. <laughs> I just I think I overanalyze my mind too much, and I always just think they sound corny no matter what. So. No, I mean, I suppose like there's like self and others, but that's another uh, thing I'll point out where at this point in the game, I've been to a lot of open mic nights. I've, I've heard a lot of poets outside of myself and I collect poetry from everywhere as much as I can. Um, but uh, but it does seem to be the modern trend or in vogue to really write a deeply personal experience as your poetic mm-hmm. work. 
so it's like I was there right now that like most poetry tends to be almost like a diary page or journalistic vibe more often than not and I, I just say that as a stylistic generational trend mm-hmm. as, the, as the, it's object, I said it's objectively seemingly as yeah, possible yeah, yeah. Um, and I tend to not write that way I'm sure there are times where you know my mind just kind of goes off here and there that might in some sense tied to this or that um, and then you know like I'm sure like my life might influence or not but it's not it's more influenced than like a retelling of what happened or whatever but that's one of the things that I think helps make my work a little bit more distinct and accessible compared comparatively and it, I, I think I try to write pretty positively I mean mm. there's a few yeah. very sad poems out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean there's some people like just kind of like sad songs or some people that love that but for me I mean I, I love a good sad song but I think I love a good love song much yeah. better you know yeah yeah no I mean yeah, I'm so tired of being alone, Algar. <laughs> I mean, all sorts of things. Uh, like Let It Be. I mean, obviously, but the Beatles, but love yeah. the versions. Let It Come was known for sad songs, but it's one of my ears. But uh, yeah, but I, I think that's one reason why. At the same time, it goes back to why poetry is so resonant with a lot of people. It's because you know it's not as it's not said maybe in the way that it could and should be out in the media but there's a lot of sad people out there and like mm-hmm. that's why they resonate and maybe gravitate towards to a slight degree like they want to feel that some of that companionship and you know these emotions and feelings that they're having there's some catharsis in that too, <laughs> yeah. sometimes yeah but uh but at the flip side as far as like uh but people also love to be entertained. Movies mm-hmm. are extremely popular, which, you know, stories right there. TV series are extremely popular. And so a lot of, you know, a storytelling-esque kind of poet is there. Um, another thing that I feel, you know, kind of maybe is not as of a common occurrence as it once was, is just a very clear-cut and obvious, like, look at form and technique. So... Mm-hmm. You know, free verse, which has been around for a long time. You know, it's not a new, I don't even think it's a 20th century, you know, invention. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just been around, for, you know, as long as that. But for the most part, a lot of poets would still cut their teeth on the form A, A, B, B, A, C, whatever, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not as apparently, but they know, they don't necessarily know what it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, but like, but it, it seems like I'd say one of my favorite poets, admittedly as well, is E.E. E. Cummings. But I almost feel he was like the line on which, after him, like you know, the gates were open, and now he could just really write anything he yeah. wanted. <laughs> and so a lot of people don't have just like a really, it's, to be honest, just like rhyming, almost even on a basic level, let alone a more nuanced and complex level, but rhyming something that I uh, I attempt to do pretty consciously but also feel I'm still also an individual like I have my own natural inclinations I was just, yeah I was going to say you, the way you rhyme sometimes it would come a little bit after you expected it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if it it's been brought up in context or not but did you grow up here in Charlotte I, I did I did okay I Charlotte is home I've lived here more than anywhere else that I've ever lived in my life yeah. <laughs> like there are more years clocked in Charlotte than anywhere yeah, else yeah I've lived in the air I mean down the road in Kings Mountain yeah. most of my life and then I lived in Charlotte for a little while a couple other places but most yeah. in this area it's just it's kind of rare these days that you run into somebody yeah. that's <laughs> from is, here a lot of people yeah um, I like sporadic early like first years my dad's in the Air Force <laughs> so like born 
Colorado bounced around to New York to Wilmington to Charlotte, but went into the reserve for, like I said, second grade. By the time I was in second grade, I was in Charlotte through yeah. high school and everything. Um, but yeah, certainly, just a lot of my family is like still here. Like, yeah, like it's definitely like the home that mm-hmm. is, you know, yes, it's, uh, I've seen a lot of change, but. I left Charlotte to go to Philadelphia for university. Okay. And so I was up there for a number of years. And really, I owe a lot more, I think, of my creative flares to Philadelphia. Yeah. Charlotte, yeah. You know, just getting really sick going up, up on the Ballantine area, which is fine. But, you know, it wasn't exactly uh, the CBGBs or anything yeah, yeah. of <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> so certainly had to, like, you know, seek uh, other kind of things here and there. Yeah. You didn't want to stay in Philadelphia? Just uh, um, family bring you back home? Or? I just wanted to list all sorts of things. I, I was in Philly for a while, did that, just chaotic life that young single people may or may not run through. Uh, traveled for a bit, a working holiday overseas in Australia, mm-hmm. bounced back to Charlotte, and then I mean, got kind of like, you know, Loki starts up in projects here and there, working the you know working yeah. what we're doing. It's it's a good area. I mean, it's not it's not the most glamorous city, and it's not there's a lot of great talent here for music, but it's not like the most recognized music town or anything like that. But I, I love it here. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely grown to love it, and I think it's grown quite a bit. Which mm-hmm. so uh, you know like the catch too is like you know, I'm glad I left Charlotte when I did, and I'm glad I came back when I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, even, you know, like, here, like, you know, we're kind of hanging out at Camp North End right now, which is a great space and mm-hmm. that kind of opportunity, a lot of things. Um, and I, as I've been, you know, been flat out, I go into a lot of open mic nights and events here in the city. And one of the, I'd say, one of the things about Charlotte is since it's not as wide and oversized life as, say, New York or um, L.A. or something, uh, it's really easy to get into the circles, I think, that can really put you in a good position. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very yeah. it's a very quick rise to just a nice comfortable like, hey, like here's a tribe I can kinda of count on. It's really easy to get overlooked in a bigger place where there's a lot more things going on. So yeah. it's easier to get, like you said, kinda of get a foothold in and then the area you want to be in and and, and get yeah. a little bit of notice whether you know whether it's small scale or whatever I mean because we're a punk rock band we don't get a lot of people out to our shows. It's just, you know, punk rock's always been popular in Charlotte, but Popular in Charlotte don't necessarily need more than thirty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be it. That might be it. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been to shows where, where there's a lot more people than that. I play shows where there's a lot more people than that. But, you know, the only average. That's sure. fine. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed um, listening to you, Matt Roger, and Matt kind of talk about the scene. Oh yeah, yeah. Was very, it's changed like, a lot, but it's also not changed <laughs> that much. I mean, it's just you know the ebbs and flows, and right now it's in a, there's a very creative time, but. The bad thing about punk rock is like there's some kids that are into it and there's some kids who are playing it, but for the most part, like the people that are fans of it and are playing it these days are, are my age. <laughs> you know, a lot of us have kids and jobs and, and everything else, all these responsibilities. So like, you know, everybody wants to come see everybody play, but you can't always get out to it. Yeah, yes. And even these days, when when I've been freed up a little bit more because my daughters are out of the house, or my, or my daughters, my daughter's still in the house, but she's in school. She's pretty much self. Fishing, so um, and she's getting married next year. So I, I've got a lot more free time. But even me, like my free time's already eaten up. So yes. a, lot of, a lot of times on Saturday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, night, that show that I wanted to go see, I'm, I'm sitting at home. Yeah, uh, and I, I feel bad about it when I do, especially when it's a good friend of mine playing. But 
you know, it happens. And, and they can't always make it to my shows either. So okay. That's just yeah. the way it works. Um, so that's, that's the unfortunate thing about it right now. Yeah, I think, I'm sure, like, uh, you know, any iteration of music, like, you know, the influence of peaks and valleys that, that kind of goes through is really interesting. I mean, I, I'm curious to, like, hear, like, I mean, did you follow punk through... Like the '90s, I think it was like well, I think 182 kind of did their spin on it. Um, yeah, so I mean, like I, I got, I started getting into punk probably around '89, '90, and just sort of threw well I mean, a little bit earlier than that, but it kind of slowly grabbed on to me. Yeah, um, and I, I just discovered things as I could. Um, but by the time like Blink 182 came out, I didn't really care for that too much. I love Green Day. Yeah. I still love Green Day. Yeah, um, but I didn't really Blink 182 was just a little bit too. I don't know, polished okay. from the I understand that, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't dislike them, I just, they're just not for me. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand. You know, and I, there's, there's a lot of that that I just didn't really like, but at the same time, I was listening to a lot of stuff that was still punk rock, but more underground. Yeah. And then there's the other thing about me is like, I came from listening to hard rock and metal, and so I, I still had that in me too. Okay. And I, I listened to a lot of stuff. Yeah, so. Did you, um, did you catch on to like uh, the Australian band Royal Headache, maybe? Or never heard of them. Okay, I'll, I'll check them out. Yeah, they were punk. Um, they were like you know one of the fast short-lived bands with two albums to their mm-hmm. name, but I'm gonna say they're active from like first album 2012, second album 2015. Yeah, you know, busted up by like 2017, but they were definitely you know 12, 14 tracks to an album that wasn't half an hour so like fast loud songs sounds like exactly what like <laughs> and the thing is is like there's a lot of things that passed me by somehow that I just yeah, should have yeah. known about and didn't know but, about but uh, no there were, I saw them a, few, a couple of times they were, they were one of my like you know hard punk bands whatever but I, like the you know it was a punk band because I saw them you know, in Australia at this in the opera house that mm-hmm. had, and it was broken up like by the thieves. It's like, well, where you where you think you're bringing this punk band in the opera house? But it was like memories forever. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but they had really good like vocalists um, and the really good riffs and stuff. So yeah. I think they they you know listen. Oh, I said a minute ago, like punk rock and Charlotte. There's a lot of adults. There are a lot of kids playing it. <laughs> they're playing it in different places, and I've got to get out to those places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their style of punk rock is a little bit different than what I play, but I, I dig it. Like, okay. Everything I've heard, I really dig it. So. I, I mean, I can even mention, like, had you been to Bart Smart, or? I have not been there yet. But okay, yeah. I mean, I know they do live shows. I think yeah. I watched the YouTube video of one of their friends kind of playing. There was a show like there a few weeks ago I wanted to go see, but I was already seeing a show. I had tickets for a show at Snug Harbor <laughs> that, that I had tickets for for over a year. It was one of those that got yeah. postponed. And so I was like, well, I can't make it tomorrow. It's tomorrow tonight. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So do you remember the first time you performed poetry in front of a... Um, an audience, or did you see. did you practice in front of like cousins <laughs> or something first? No, I never to see. I feel for the most part, of, I or with the, from an oratory standpoint, I feel pretty confident in front of an audience and felt okay. That's just that was, that was one of my questions as well. Yes, like, like I mean, I have memories from middle school, high school, and university of like speaking in front of the people and. You know, kind of people pulling me to the side after. I'm like, hey, you know, that was a really good job. See, I, I hated that in school. I could not stand <laughs> even give a book report in front of my yeah. class. But it was when I found, like, playing music and being on stage with... Well, actually, I didn't mind being on stage with plays either. As long as I wasn't the main focus, I was okay. And yeah. I would be just fine. So, like, in plays and then as a band, I found I was fine. Now, my next step is to go to an open mic and pull out an acoustic guitar. 
and play by myself, but I got to work up the nerve to do that again. <laughs> but I think doing this will kind of have me a little bit more prepared. Yeah, for it, yeah. I'm a lot better now at just okay. speaking to people. And yeah, and I, you know, once you add an instrument, that's a whole different game. And I've seen all sides of the story there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that mean to break to cut you off. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> like I said, it's a conversation. So. Yeah. Yes, I'd say, but um, but as far as performing poetry, even going back to my own track, I will say that. <laughs> The pandemic is something that really launched what where I am to now. Okay, and so it was. Um, I had touched base with the Guerrilla Poets, a local organization here in the city. Um, Ryan Shane Manier, uh, Josh Smalls and company. They did some events at Petros that I kind of attended to. So you know, I brushed past with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, twenty twenty COVID. We're all inside. You know, for you know, we don't even know, but yeah. in terms of we're going to be inside for a minute. So Zoom kind of became this thing. Oh, you know? yeah, I, yeah. I, and I'd already kind of... I used it for the podcast a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. This force of, you know, a company that had no idea that it was it hit the jackpot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, welcome, uh, you know, op- Zoom open mic night. Like, that, was, that, was, that was like one of the things that came with anything open mic yoga or anything Zoom rather, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I went to one of their open mic nights. I think I went to at least two or three. Um, one of them was really well. I had written and recited, what was it, uh, the Midnight Chorus, which is you know, still one of my, one of my favorites because it is, I guess, you know, that kind of like pivotal poem, All Things Considered, where it got a really good response, you know, I feel even as a shit in the courts. Uh, and it was from there, like, from very direct, specific, hey, like, you know, you should really try to put something together. A couple of voices kind of said something along the lines <clears throat> during that open mic. And I'm like, okay, so I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, you know, let's write, let's write a book. And then that was, like, when I started, I went from, like, the everyday everyone else poet where I wrote now and again, even with, like, a quick phase or whatever, to, like, buying you know, all sorts of like poetry books and um, really discovering most importantly uh, Burton Raphael, who was a translator and anthologist and like you know, using his text as a launching point to discover the craft of poetry. Okay. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was, that was around 2020. And so, oh yeah, on that note, I, I did 2022 now, book came out this past August, Peregrinations, self-published collection. Um, I did decide to go about that route, and that's also increasing my activity. And in that book is the Midnight Chorus. Mm-hmm. So, in some sense, you know, the one that kind of like inspired and set the whole book on path. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, uh, but that as far as working methods are concerned, that is another thing. It's like so most of the poems that are in that book were written for the book itself. Okay. You know, it's not. I'm not someone who had years of poetry lying yeah, around, around and put it Decide. together no it's like I set out to write a book and I wrote the book so most 90-95% of them were written for the, for the is book is there like a, a thing with the book or, <laughs> or is it just loosely just whatever, whatever, whatever you can it's kind of loosely anything together and again uh, the stylistic approach I have to um, poetry is not one of those people to sit here and I have a platform for my everyday feelings. Mm-hmm. So it is something where I just explore form. And so that's why you have, um, 
this A, B, A, B, short form, long form, narratives, abstract, just anything that poetry can, mm-hmm. can sort of be. And, you know, the, the arrangement is very loose. And so uh, in the book itself, peregrinations is a word that implies a journey, like a long meandering journey. You kind of get in it yeah. at the very beginning. And then, um, and that's what the book is. So it's like this long journey. I mean, if I were to say as objective as possible when I'm able to read it, because it's not always all the time when you can read something <laughs> and wrote, when I am able to sit down and read it, it feels like a, a short story collection. Okay. And I can tell that, you know, that, you know, if you wanted to learn how to write poetry, you know, it, I, whatever, it's not a bad place to start because you can kind of see a lot of um, different elements of like what a poem could be without it being restrictive to any one form or thing. Yeah. So how many people were on those Zoom calls when you, when you were doing the Zoom? Um, it, it varied. There was probably at least a dozen. I mean, because the Gorilla Post, they're, they're established. They're like, if you're a poet in the city, you're going to discover them. <laughs> you know, they are hard to find. And they do they do a great job with what they do, you know, especially even as, you know, for myself, like they were, you know, they were, when I was budding or whatever, you know, they were the kind of like uh, the water, the plant. Um, but there's probably at least a dozen or maybe more, I think, or like between 12 and 20, depending on the night. Yeah. Um, and then but for I, I, I took it very quickly that same year. I had also submitted to some publications, and a lot of them were accepted. Awesome. Um, and so, yeah, so 2020, not only was that the book, but there were the poems of Breathe, which was published in the North Carolina um, Bards Anthology, Charlotte Edition. Um, Duo, which was published in North Carolina Bards Against Hunger, and uh, On the Surface was published in the uh, National Beat Poetry Anthology. Those are all by Local Gems Press. Um, and those were really the first, that was honestly the first time I'd ever submitted an artwork to anything ever. Okay. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it was very, just like really, really welcome. Yeah, um, yeah, it was awesome. And so, but again, going back to working, but like but since those poems were published, I didn't want them in my book to be fair because I wanted to respect where there were so yeah. and again for the most part that's where if you want those poems for, at the time you still support them you know they supported me <laughs> and so they'll have that kind of original context and you know it just kind of became it, you, you, as a creative you know a person who creates maybe you've seen it where I mean you, you might have seen it with music when you're a teenager or like two phases or accordingly where you see where it kind of moves from something a bit more ethereal to a little bit more definite and like really commanding and then once it's like on a certain train it's like I don't you know maybe there's some parts that you can never quite go back to but you know but what you have is like so wonderful like you would have never discovered half of what you had had you not left where you were (laughs) so you know uh, I still write pretty casually you know as accordingly um, one of my favorite poems is just one of those like <laughs> semi-autobiographical one I was describing the party, um, but then at the same time, there are definitely many times where I'm just thinking, "All right, I have to sit down and write, like have to write some work," you yeah. know. <laughs> so, whew, so it's not like it, it's just it's not just on the wrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So you're one of those people that, that made the pandemic kind of work for them. And, and kind of like we were talking about the gorilla artists, or gorilla, yeah, gorilla poets. Gorilla, yeah. gorilla poets. And uh, using Zoom, it was really interesting to see like how everybody kind of used that as a platform during the pandemic to kind of keep everything alive. Like I had friends that were putting on uh, Zoom concerts, like yeah. weekly. Uh, Milestone started doing Zoom things. We, we performed out the Milestone. It was online. Um, I started doing like on Saturday nights. Just well, for one, the podcast for me, I started doing it December before the, the pandemic. Hmm. And so I really kind of got it rolling in January, and then February, and then all of a sudden March hit. <laughs> but you know, the fact that Zoom existed let me keep doing it, yeah, and let me kind of focus on it because I wasn't going out to all the shows and doing all this other stuff. And then I started using like. Facebook is a platform on Saturday nights. I would just play local music for like two or three hours. Like do um, Facebook Live? Yeah, like do a Facebook Live and just have a radio station basically. Okay, it worked. And play like stuff from all over North and South Carolina, from like recent stuff to all the way back from the 80s and that That's stuff. That's true. And people, people loved it. But of course, like as time went on, fewer and fewer, fewer people turned it to me. Yeah. But it was still something fun to do. And I still get people every now and then ask me, man, I wish you'd do that Saturday night thing again. I'm like, I'd love to do it, but it ate up a lot of my time. And you're in the pandemic, that was okay. Yeah. But now it's, it's just not. And, and, and Facebook really made it kind of hard to do it because they really didn't want people doing kind of what I was doing, basically <laughs> turning it into a radio station. So a lot of times I get kicked off. Um, and a lot of times it's connection issues. Yes. But just getting restarted was hard. And then like all my replays, like half the songs would be muted because Facebook would say I didn't own the copyright. <laughs> Anybody that had been through like Spotify or whatever, yeah. it's already run through this program where it's automatically sniffed out by, okay. by technology. Okay. <laughs> and so it was like, it was fun, but it was at the same time, I'm like, man, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is technically a power radio station, but you yeah, know, yeah. Facebook, if you just cooperate, and there really wasn't a, a better place to do it either. So I just, yeah. I did it for about, I don't know, maybe three months. Okay. And then kind of dwindled off after that. But yeah. then, then, then things started opening back up anyway, and it was like, go out on Saturday night if you feel comfortable. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a mask on, go out. Um, that's, pretty, that's pretty neat. And like, you kept up radio. Maybe I missed or Yeah, just. Do you do like Gabba Gabba Radio as well? Like well, I separate? Do, for the for the podcast, I do two different kinds: Gabba Gabba Hunt, and Gabba Gabba Hunt comes from just for you to know. Me and my friend Eric, who I still play music with to this day, back in the mid nineties, did a zine called Gabba Gabba Hunt, and it was just based off this flyer that we made, and it was a play on Gabba Gabba Hay that the Ramones used. And so when I started the podcast up, one of my friends was like, "Hey, are you going to use that name?" And I'm like, "I haven't thought about that. And I guess I will." Um, so I'm using that for the booth and everything else now too. So I don't know. I, I probably should have separated the booth from it. I just thought it's a cool name. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like let's run with it. Okay. Keep it all under one brand. Yeah. But when I started the podcast, I'm like, you know, I can do just like radio episodes where I play like ten songs and come on after every five and say you just heard. And so I do that, and then um, so I did like five of those before I did even an interview episode because yeah. all of a sudden I'm just like I can do this and I can do it now. Yeah. And I did it, and I was like, let me do three of them real quick. And then I started lining up interviews. You know, by the time I had my first one, I had a couple more radio episodes out. But it gave me a chance to cover a lot of things and show people like where my tastes were and where it might go. Um, so then the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks are the interview episodes. I've done a couple of different things like Gabba Gabba Hunt, uh, Ghost in the Movies, and there was another one. 
I can't remember. Yeah. There was something I did with a lot shorter episodes. Yeah. I called them something else for a little while. Release series, I think. But then I was like, I'm just going to call them. It gets confusing. It yeah, gets way yeah. too confusing when I do all that. So, sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. the name. I'm running with it. <laughs> there's a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of potential in like audio and radio, and like I still have curiosities. And, and one thing that, because when I when I was out of high school, when I went to college, I went to broadcasts. Yeah, I wanted to be on the radio. That's what I wanted to do. Um, but then I got a volunteer gig at a radio station, and, and we, me and Matt and Roger talked about this. Maybe a little bit on that episode. But I, I kind of cut out about 30 minutes of it where we just talked about being on the radio. But me and Matt and Roger were on the radio uh, in Spindale overnight every two or three Saturday nights. That's still questionable. We, we argue over that. But I think it's every other week. They say it's every three. <laughs> but uh, so we got to play pretty much whatever we wanted to from midnight until 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was sitting in school here and the, the teacher said, well, you might have to play a playlist. Already, you just go pull the music that the, the sheet says. That's not any fun. I don't want to do that. So I quit. All right. <laughs> but when I started doing the podcast, to make a long story short, or not make it any longer, uh, one of my things was maybe I'll get back in the radio. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's still like a thing I can maybe kind of like to do. But now that I'm doing the booth, I'm, I'm sort of leaning towards maybe eventually I'll open a record store. Because that was my, well, as a teenager, that was my big dream. Yeah. A record store. No records were great. I got a, two new records last month of new artists but still you know so it was uh, always and melodies echo chamber <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm, I'm just you know I'm, I'm having fun doing that but I want to get back to having the podcast be equally balanced in my life because yeah, I wouldn't mind turning it into something down the road if I can but it's not a goal of mine it's just when I start doing these things it's like you know I've kind of floundered around life for a while uh, I'd like to do something that makes me happy and yeah. I have to work for somebody else um, being on the radio, I'd probably be working for somebody else. But like, if I could be on satellite radio or something like that, it would be a little different. Yeah. I mean, in this stage of the game, so many, so many options. Where, like I said, for better, for worse, there's a wild west out here, technology-wise, <laughs> social just, media. I just, like I said, just kind of got into YouTube, looking at other potential things for that, and yeah. uh, I appreciate the radio. I mean, even you know, you can listen to a lot of audio on strictly on YouTube, despite even you know, the video platform. But as a spoken word artist. It, um, and a poet who really f- f- likes to perform and feels that there's a great, I think that, I mean, I, I, I encourage everyone to read and interpret on their own, you know, but I also feel that there's a great advantage to being able to hear any poet recite their work, you know, accordingly, you know, I've listened to recordings, of, you know, whatever, Langston Hughes, Robert Frost, Sylvia Path, whatever, you know, kind of recite their own words. And it, you just, it's just nice to kind of get that. Uh, root context and so yeah that's a oh I love to hear it like uh, just listening to you recite poetry <laughs> as opposed to reading it because when I read it I'm just reading line for line when <laughs> yeah. I hear you say it it sounds it's like oh that's poetry it's sound, that sounds poetic <laughs> yes. when I read it it sounds like oh yeah that rhymes or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah yes. I certainly yeah sometimes I've that, you know I've had, I heard other people recite my work even and I just you know, feel the rhythm or just being totally a bit more straightforward or like oh you know and um but that really goes back to, I think, what makes I think poetry so beautiful, you know, is like, it is this really, you know, minutely crafted, sculpted work of art that uses words and language to make, you know, in some sense, anything possible with just, you know, words, inflection, rhythm, rhyme, lack of rhyme, space, uh, verse, stanzas, and like interplay. And so... You know, the human psyche, I think, senses that. And, you know, poetry, 
by default, you know, it's it's got to be older than we must even realize, <laughs> you know. So yeah. it's just like by the time you even got to any, I mean, language itself, like, you know, by the time anything's been documented, like, uh, it's already a little bit removed from its origin. And so, um, you know, the, you know, the origin of poetry is that it is a spoken form. It is a spoken form, like, as it was like, kind of intended to be and had to be. Like I said, it just predates writing by nature. And so the musicality of it, you know, and the usefulness of the rhyming sometimes, you know, it, you've had political ideas, you've had political poetry, you've had radical poetry, you've had fantastic, you've had narratives, you have journals. As like I said, just like it does become this thing that anything can be kind of expressed in those regards. <clears throat> um, and like I said, I've had some people say that my work is you know very musical when the person's like oh do, like do you rap I'm like not quite but <laughs> you know don't tell nobody as I you know slip into the closet here nah um, but uh, but like and like you know rappers in their day and have been um, and have been known for their wonderful use of almost bringing that back of like nice yeah. intricate leveled rhyming and form and storyteller and it's. Interesting, it's not a genre of music I listen to a lot. You know, right. I just, I've just never, I grew up with it around me, like in my household and stuff, but, and I've listened to it, you know, now and again, but I really just, just like, don't ask me anything about anything. I, I like, I like Eminem a lot, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely really enjoy, like, kind of like the book games, like his early work, like the first couple of LPs and some of his more recent stuff. Yeah. I think he's, he's still doing phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. You know, obviously very different uh, kind of approach to maybe subject-wise, but I have mad respect for, you know, Slim there and everything. But um, but at the end, that's just like regardless, you know, I think it's just kind of people can kind of see, like, what it can do. And even, I think, I've especially gotten people who don't read poetry or would find themselves reading it really liking my stuff. You know, I like, I mean, you might have heard it before, but I really enjoy the moments at the common market where... I went out one time and, you know, I was like, you know, you know, did really well, did really well. I'm off to get a drink. And then, you know, some guys just like, oh, you know, you got any more left in you? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you know, I'm going like, it's almost an encore, you know, so yeah, I went yeah. back up, you know. And so, but it's just, it's like how many times, like, do poets get asked back up to the podium, you know, by just as someone at a regular every day, this wasn't a poetry event, this wasn't even an art show, this was just like, you know, a, a deli market on, on Monroe. So like being yeah, able, like I said, it's just, you know, everyday people can kind of see um, in those regards. That's definitely a common for sure. Mm-hmm. So where do you do, like, where do you, where are the suited up the mics in Charlotte where you usually perform it? Um, that's one thing. And I think you get to another one or two. Um, Seems like I, the, the, most open mics these days are just turning into like jam sessions. <laughs> that's, not, that's what I realized. Yeah, yeah, and I think like Tommy's pubs like that too, which yeah. is it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, you know, which but, I like. You know, and, it's, it, I, I'm just wondering where, where is, is there some no. spaces where the where, um, well, like you said, in some sense, the one I was going to kind of got overtaken by the musical scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. It varies. They said they had a, a comedian perform last week, so I mean, I think it, it, it earlier in the evening, maybe. Yeah. I just can't get out there until about the time we met out there because yeah. um, band practice. Not yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So yeah. And I mean, it, it's a very, you know, obviously incorrigible perform of any people show up or should look at them and like, you know, what are you going to do next? Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, so now good stuff there. I've gone to uh, the Madison Park a couple times. 
uh, coffee shop on South Boulevard. They do open mic nights, and that was really fun. There was I, I like the variety show feel a lot. So yeah. like obviously I like doing my I like doing things, but I like when you have like two or three other different acts or like all in one evening. So. Even even my first night there, you know, I did my stuff, whatever, um, and then you had like some bands kind of playing, just like you know, guys like yourself, like every everyday job people, but they played you know music really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this one guy actually, like you know, kind of like spin records from like the forties and fifties and kind of like MC alongside it, so you yeah. had this kind of <laughs> like you know fifties DJ vibe. Um, went there again. Comedian. It's a fairly family friendly venue. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of not a lot of comedians are family friendly. Yeah. So he was like struggling to like keep it clean. <laughs> Mike was kind of jacked up, which threw me <laughs> off, and kind of let him go off at the end. But I mean, it's it's a rising little space. Uh, they just opened up earlier this year, so it's kind of like one of my new preferred spots. Otherwise, um, Starlight on Twenty Second. I've also been there for their like the House of Bayou Blues, Blues, Blues. Uh, Another like slam poet in Charlotte. So Starlight, Madison Park are like the two regular places I might attend, and that's yeah, the thing yeah. I might attend. Yeah, might yeah. just like the open mics. I was glad you came out that night. I didn't know, didn't know for sure that you would come out. Yeah, yeah you know it's, it was cool to see you. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for sure, I mean, for sure, definitely enjoyed. And when you showed up, I was going, man, this is probably not his night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I know my stuff and down. I, I see where I see where the puzzle pieces fit. And I'm like, yo, I'm a square, and that those look like, that looks like a round hole. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all right. I'll just sit back and and I did enjoy have some drinks. You know, I'm yeah. not too aggressive and this or that. You know, I've been to a place where I was on the wait list to recite and. I was the second person on the wait list, and of course they got the first person and stopped at me. <laughs> but I was I, I was okay with that. Just like I said, I, I really do enjoy hearing other people's work. I mean, I, I for me, you know, I, that's where I get a lot of my just you know just kind of pull and inspiration, just like curiosity, because it's like you know I, as much as I've written and as much as you know, I, in some sense I've got a fairly consistent style, but I also see it kind of fluctuate in a lot of ways. Um, the fact that you know that I still read things from either today or yesterday, and I'm like, there's so so much more to like look at and explore because I've never written like this, <laughs> you know. So I would certainly try to find different ways to write, you know. Yeah. I could throw it down a few phones. Well, I was gonna say, and I, and I do get to a point where I say, was there anything else that you want to say? And I mean, we can do that too. Yeah, know, yeah. Do some more poems. Because at one point when you sent those to me earlier today, and I'll, I'll link to that in the description of the yeah. podcast. Yeah. For sure. Um, I thought well, I could just play those kind of periodically, like I do recently. <laughs> I mean, you're right yeah, here. You want to do some more? Yeah, yeah. Um, they also like um, John Peel sessions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just love the vibe of that. But uh, yeah, I'll throw down a, a few moments of poetry, uh, just uh, even, I guess, for the record, as they say. Yeah, um, and if I was going to say, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about that I'd like to ask you, we can kind of wrap okay. up a little bit of poetry and yeah. just wrap up after that. Let's see. Um, I'm just like final word, <laughs> well, finalized note. Uh, as far as like the first to poetry and everything, I definitely feel compelled by it. You know, I'm really enjoying it. I'll see kind of where it takes me. And, you know, I'm very happy to kind of see where it is and just seeing the responses I get from the community. I'm incredibly, you know, thankful for it. And I just want to kind of see that emotion and reaction through. So, you know, I keep kind of doing my thing. 
yeah. uh, independently DIY is kind of the approach I've taken. That's, that's, you know. that's my that's my my mantra yeah. on this thing is DIY. Do it. Just go out there and do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, there's no there's no gatekeepers with that mindset. Right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't need to be because so. you can do what you want to do when you're doing it yourself and doing it for yourself. You know, yeah. you can do whatever you want to do. Excellent, excellent. But yeah, like uh, with that said, actually, here's a few things to kind of wrap up. And I'll do, I'll start with the duo just because it's like a preferred opener at this point. This is the one that, like I said, was in the North Carolina Bars Against Hunger. So yeah, it's beginning with the duo. Two fountain figures. Water erupts in either of them, flowing. And one of the hand of Adam streams upward, revealing a physique of ionic beauty. Secured, standing, bursting with kinetic presence. Alongside we find stone knees kneeling, knelt, forever ready to spring. Displayed fingers does nothing to cover the eternal smile of this lifelong dancer who must long forgotten its amusement and knows only the nourishment of perpetual motion. Passerbys may reflect the surface of the water or the depth of stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put like much applause. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I could do that. On the surface, I have a couple like this to see. I've come out such a distance to see wherever I've taken stance that I'll happen to be leaving little room for chance. This morning, woke up, didn't feel the difference. I wasn't ready for my close-up, but I provided no resistance. What's it like down there beneath the surface? I couldn't tell you. I wasn't there on purpose. That's kind of the deep one. That one. I really need like a couple of more. Like, I don't know. Um, hey, just like punk rock, I like short songs too. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing. Like with length, let's see. Happy Horus. Let's go. Horus receives blows upon the dome from his mother for telling on his sister that was poking him between the eyes. No friends and a voice that never reaches the ears of the principal whom only wonders, how many kids go to this school? The secretary doesn't know. Horace, where do you go? Smiling, he doesn't even hear the question. How can he when he is surfing a dynamic environment that pull and invigorate, casting them crashing over high mountains where the planted friends and odors offer something he and he alone can enjoy? The essence of pleasure heading straight to the eye by synaptical storm, charged with an even killing presence that he has mused on before. He won't be grown, now cold, not old, an ethereal and gay pink albacore. There's not a score on his tombstone. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Um see. Midnight punches in the cannabis. Light the light of the path. Almost like I'm gonna look at the very first line of this okay. one. And drive me crazy. But uh that being said, um as far as like the form is concerned, I 
And I just say this, I tend to be, and I encourage this, not always, not always, that's for sure, but you don't see as many uh, poets recite from memory as I wish that mm-hmm. in the olden days might have been. Um, certain venues will have it, but not always. But um, I like that. I like that you were able to do that. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Give this one a shot. Crossing the Axis. This is... Uh, recited this for a very close friend of mine recently. <laughs> the wee small hours are here. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, 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 ding. Strike the oil, settle down. Midnight punches. And the candle burns, deliberately lit to light the path that consumes all those that are cast into the burning flame that shapes the shapeless geometric ballet. It consumes the moth too, consumes my attention and takes me down a familiar thicket where crescent rocks debate alongside fallen branches underneath a jury of trees for whom the bells toll. Or maybe it's a picnic. The river seems to think so. It has not the patience of the lake. No, it's not. Some canyon-sized ponds have gotten lost underground until finally, bored or dying, they release themselves about tasty mineral-soaked earthen fare, complimentary to the evening wares. Cheers, hurrah, woo-woo, yippee-kayang, motherfucker. The show must go on. Dancing in my eye, consuming all of me, never satisfied. All right. I like that. <laughs> all right. Um, I'll just do one more. This is one I've been like saying to myself lately, I guess, okay. just like one of the ones I've kind of integrated in just from a couple of months ago. And I feel. I like this one because it's, it's, it's called Modernity Lamented, and I feel like it's just a nice everyday person type mm-hmm. of vibe. Um, I guess just for your listeners again, you know, name's Ivan Harris. I describe myself as an expressionist here in town, but like, thanks again very much for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And, uh, you know, we'll wrap up accordingly as best as we can or whatever, but I uh, just wanted to send out that appreciation. Um, yeah, this, uh, this last one, Modernity Lamented, we'll kind of see as the ings to it. What is it to lament and find one beside oneself? I thought I recognized thee, but was surprised to say the least. And this is where I'm supposed to insert some profanity. But that wasn't meant to be, alas, no, as so many things that have yet to be seen, yet witnessed a hundred times and put on repeat. 
The piercing eye of the forlorn sky justifies all that has been done, much like the chalk-drawn figures that can be found along the stream, bringing back memories from when we drank from the ocean. These buoyant dreams mollify the tenacious landscape. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to thank you for doing this. Um, when, I, when, I, when I met you, I just, I just, I like your whole vibe. I just, I just think you're, you're awesome. Yeah. You got a great voice for what you do, for sure. Excellent. Thank you. Um, and so I just, I, I wanted to, to have you on and, and, and kind of expose you to some. For, for what it's worth, whoever is going to listen to my podcast, yeah, <laughs> is, uh, got a, new know, a lot of people that, that love the arts, so that's that's good. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, like I said, I really appreciate it. Um, it's nice to just you know, I guess, have a conversation with people and they can like be able to talk about you know something you really care about in a meaningful way. Yeah, so, I know. just I like finding out about people, <laughs> finding out where they come from, what what makes them, you know, what makes them do the things they do when it comes to creating and being creative. Certainly, certainly. Okay. Uh oh. Yeah. Thank you again. Uh, we're a pleasure. And yeah, I'll be able to. This has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt Media Production.